You're listening to Third Opinion MD. Do you mind sharing your experience with learning tapping for the first time? So I did. I came in knowing almost nothing about it, just some back, a little bit of background that people do it to help them in times of anxiety, and maybe help them through some trauma. And immediately when you started talking through the steps, and the as soon as I saw the mantra, I was going to have to say, I, uh, that's when my anxiety went up. As someone who's had some trauma. Uh, in their childhood and adult life that that can be very scary and also saying like affirmations is a very uncomfortable thing to do and i couldn't even do it if you're joining us for the first time this is barbara dilatori and i'm the host and producer of third opinion md and i founded third opinion md is a way to change the way we do healthcare. right now it's still a passive aggressive system And so what I've developed is something called health strategy. And this is to put you in charge of your health again. So if you're at a crossroads and you're not sure what to do with all the advice you've had or what you've seen on the internet, you can actually learn more about who you are and how you can direct your care again. And today you're going to join Raimi and me to train in a technique called EFT or Emotional Freedom Technique. And it's a form of tapping that was developed in the West, but it utilizes Chinese medicine principles of acupuncture points. Looking forward to working with you today on the tapping training. And first of all, just to check, you're okay with this being recorded? Absolutely. I wanted to check in with you on on how the process went with journaling, with working on the worksheets since we started about a week ago. It was not as difficult as I thought it would be. I've never had to look at my childhood illnesses like that. That was interesting to me. And then just kind of going through into adulthood. I mean, I don't have a lot of health conditions to to kind of, you know, bookmark all about the eye and my stomach. Well, what did you think it was going to be like, the process of answering these questions? Because when in, in the beginning, when we started off, I told you, I'm going to be sending you a lot of questions, but I send it in a digestible way you know, a little bit at a time, but it does make you think about things that can bring up some emotions. What were your thoughts before you received your first worksheet? I was sort of anticipating that piece of like, okay, well, I know it's going to be about when I was a kid. So that means I'm going to have to talk about, you know, I'm going to think about certain things and certain times or that, that can, or used to more make me get stuck in those time periods or in that emotion, having some kind of feeling about why I was, you know, <laughs> that happened as a kid and, you know, how could it, so you just kind of get stuck. So I was a little bit concerned I would get stuck and that did come up a little bit, but I, I'm putting this on paper to give to her so she can do something. <laughs> it was sort of just like, here, here, I'm, I'm giving it away sort of that. Inf- I don't know if that makes sense so much of my telling my brain, I, you don't need to focus on this. This is the fact, this is the date. You don't need to go back and think about all the things that were happening around that time or anything right now, you know, you just put it down and move on. And what about the journaling process? Because that's something that I also encourage you to do during this process of, you know, there's a separate section in the client portal for you to do that because sometimes it can trigger a memory or absolutely awareness. Yeah. And I'm a, I am a writing major from college. I was a writer all through my adulthood and I am not a journaler. I'm like an anti, I, I just, in my brain, I just, 
oh, I, nobody, you know, don't write down what you think. It just in my brain, for some reason, I just am very, I, I put a wall up sometimes with it. So mm-hmm. with this, I'm, I'm just kind of, I get on and I just start typing. So I kind of give that preface that some of my journaling is just sort of stream of consciousness. <laughs> and actually that's yeah. perfect. And, and, you know, the other thing that comes to mind is it's almost like you're writing a letter to me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you, you can make it a, however you want bulleted version or, or a letter. That's often how I would journal is actually mm-hmm. writing letters to people, even though, I, and I wouldn't send them. Yeah. For example, my mom, after she passed away, I would, I still write to her sometimes. Oh, that's beautiful. In a journal. Right. And for me, it, it's more permissive to have that communication rather than to like divulge my thoughts on paper for no purpose with it yeah. seems like, right. That the idea. Of- yeah. Or make story out of it. That's sort of my journaling would I would take something that would be something I wanted to get out and fictionalize it a little bit. So it's like, it's this happened to someone else and that makes it a little bit easier for me to put it down. So uh, I, I thought my brain wouldn't necessarily, or I wouldn't go through the journaling authentically. And it just sort of, I don't know, it just happens, you know, no judgment. I know you're not sitting there judging it. You're just reading. It's really for me to, to notice what I'm noticing when I'm thinking about certain time periods or listening to the podcast with your mom and what that made me think about my own life and with my own family, though. So really resonating and getting that thought out on paper or on computer. I, I like it. I'm, I'm liking that communication. Yeah, I, w- yes. I wanted to send you that reference to episode five about the scavenger hunt to give you an idea of what sparked my interest in in exploring family history for clients because that's something i i do for myself too mm-hmm. who are you you're just not by yourself you're created in the environment that you grow up in and that you the people you interact with and they're as much a part of your identity as you are mm-hmm. i'm glad you were able to listen to that it it was meant to be a, a series so there will be another one eventually there will be. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was a beautiful podcast, I thought. Oh, thank you. Thank and you. And the ancient history teacher in me, you know, I enjoy a good scavenger hunt. That's kind of how I built my classroom was like that of going through time in these periods and chunks. And yeah, that's a lot about when I explore history with either subjects or people. It, it's always detective work for me right. in a very curious, non-judgmental way. That's a, a, every time. Yeah, every time. Yeah, every time. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's what keeps what drove me out of corporate medicine was the desire to do this in a more creative way and also allow people to, to build their creativity in, in the health discovery, because we don't have that in our system. Right. It is very much you're going to give us the information we want and not what you need. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So now we're we're going to move into the the tapping And I think you had mentioned, you know, in the beginning, one of the things we wanted to add into this program was training with EFT or emotional freedom technique, which is one type of what we call a a tapping technique. And that is tapping on acupuncture points on your body to help restore the energetic flow. According to some of these techniques, when you have an emotional disturbance or an upset, which we all do, I mean, our emotions are built to help us survive. That's the idea. If we were all happy all the time, we'd probably die before we be- we were born. <laughs> so <laughs> we have to have emotions. It's a part of being human. 
it's part of also pr protecting you in survival and survival and discerning your environment. But when it goes beyond three minutes, because animals do that, right? You see cats fight and then they're fine after a few minutes or dogs or whatever animal, but humans, for some reason, we harbor it for long periods of time. And that's because there's this connection between the thoughts and the emotions. One of the things in Western medicine is that we talk about with cognitive behavioral therapy, again, it's one way of looking at things, is that the the thought and the behavior and the emotions are all connected, but there's a cause and effect relationship, whereas in Chinese medicine, the cause is actually hidden. It's not any of those things. Mm. It's the energetic disruption that's the cause. And those disruptions can happen from experiences that, that we have with our environment mm -hmm. and also who we are. So we're born with these tendencies. Some of us with, you know, going back to five elements, the idea of five elements that are some of our personalities can tend towards being melancholic, sad, or a tendency to be angry or a tendency to be worried or overexcited or fearful. Those are the five negative emotions. There's actually seven anxiety, worry they're kind of two separate ones and then fear and fright those are two separate ones too hmm. by collecting these thoughts that get associated with something or it's imprinted you know where we think that oh it's forever i'll always have ptsd i'll always be a depressed person i'll always have trauma always have anxiety that's not necessarily true if we look at it from the chinese medicine point of view so one of the techniques is called tapping I like to adapt this to our work with health strategy. If it's something that you're struggling with, where things from the past come in and you're in this present moment, but you can't be there, this is a helpful tool to help sort of separate that so that like EMDR, like that technique you've tried in the past with the rapid eye movement with a therapist, this too can also help you change from being in the movie being one of the actors in the movie to watching the movie and just talking about it yeah have you studied any of the points no i was going to say no i mean the only point like the only point i've ever heard of is your the middle of your temple kind of your third with a reference to a third eye kind of situation it's very minimal things like that but nothing with tapping i've just heard of it i've never really seen it even there are actually a specific set of points and depending on who you study with. Now, EFT, for example, was set up as an kind of an open source when Gary Craig started this in the 90s. And as a result, EFT has spread worldwide. It's global, but it's not recognizable or standardized unless you keep looking back. And you being the ancient history expert... <laughs> You have an appreciation why I wanted to look back to the originator of this. And I wanted to see how did he start teaching this? That's where I did my training was based on that material. And my mother studied with his predecessor who started TFT, which is thought field therapy. And that's Dr. Callahan. So he was a psychologist and he actually brought these acupuncture points and his observations with therapy. Gary Craig's actually an engineer. And an engineer by nature wants to simplify things. And that's why I really like this guy, because <laughs> simplifying things is good, you know, and he was brilliant at it. So there are some points that you may see when you look online. If you Google this, you might see people tapping on the top of their head. 
but I'm going to give you what was more original to the EFT when he started it. Okay. It's just as effective. There are variations of techniques. You know, we all get there in a certain way. And so this is one way that you could do this to avoid confusion of trying to do it all the different ways. The idea is that each of these points, some of them are on both sides of the body. Some of them are on just one side because they're midline. Right. And then there's this dotted circle. I would describe that as a sore spot. So it's about three inches down, three inches over. And that's a sore spot. And then there's the karate chop. The karate chop is where you would hi ya something, okay? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> right okay, right you can here, feel it. Yeah. So yeah, you can tap you can. it with your fingers and you can feel yeah. it. That and the sore spot are where you do what's called a setup. So the idea is that if there's an energetic disruption, we're going to be tapping these points. But before we can tap these points, we have to do something to reverse sometimes what's known as a psychological reversal. Think of it in this way. The disruption can occur when there is a mismatch between your conscious mind and your subconscious mind. Your conscious mind is the rational adult in the room, which is about 5% of your brain. <laughs> and then the rest of it is subconscious, abstract, five-year-old. Do not tell me about happiness, love, abundance. None of these abstract terms mean anything to me. You need to be saying it in a way that I can see it, hear it, feel it like I'm in the movie. So you have to recreate almost like a movie scene of situations of what that thought evokes in you. That would be the idea. For example, if there is an image or a thought about a family member or something stressful with a family member, let's say you see, and I'm going to make this up. Right. Let's say that Jane, I'll call her Jane, <laughs> sees <laughs> her dad who makes her angry every time he comes to the door because he's always checking on her. And she's like 35 and she said, leave me alone. I don't want you to check on me anymore. When she has that vision of him coming to the door, the intensity level goes up and there's a zero to 10 scale of intensity level. So when you have that intensity level, that's associated with a, a visual or hearing him say, well, I just, I just thought I'd check on you because I pay for your rent. So I should be able to check on you. That is associated with something. So the idea that she's there getting angry about this, what you can do is you can tap so that that becomes separated from that thought, the emotion. Oh, that's just my dad checking on me. There is a difference. In order to do that, you have to eliminate from the playing field any potential impediments or obstacles. And the setup is a phrase, even though I have this you know, I'm angry when my dad comes to the door every day, you know, to my house. I deeply and completely accept myself. Now you're acknowledging the problem. You're also accepting it. That does not mean not doing anything about it. It means that you're telling that five-year-old concrete thinker, right, right. subconscious, that it's okay to work on this and to focus on this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. The, the premise, the concept, again, is that this energetic disruption is what causes the negative emotion, not the thought. Yes. And it's a neat, really neat way to think about it. Because then you don't have to chase all these thoughts. Because that's therapy for years. Right. I was going to say, I can't, you know, yes. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, yeah. it, it. it's the missing link from Western medicine. Western medicine is good. It's linear 
in the world can be linear, but most of the time it's not. It's nonlinear. <laughs> it's <laughs> circular. That's why I, I believe these two medicines go so well together. And this is actually a bridged type of technique that's advertised as a new Western type thing, but it's actually adopting Eastern concepts. So as a systems thinker, which I'm teaching you how to be, there's a few steps. Let me give you the step. So there's the setup and that's taking care of that reverse polarity, that psychological reversal and any blockages that are self-sabotaging where you say, I know I love myself, but the subconscious may be saying, I don't love myself. And there may be thoughts, images, perceptions connected to that. There are people who actually subconsciously don't want to live. There are people that subconsciously don't love themselves or value themselves. And we are all valuable, sacred people. And the idea, the way I like to compare it to is Michelangelo freeing the statue from the marble. To free that statue from the marble, we need to carve away all this stuff. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. There's this phrase, which is called an affirmation. So you're going to, you're going to rub either karate chop. It doesn't matter which hand. Hand. Okay. Or rub the the sore spot, whichever you want to do. The sore spot sometimes can be a little more effective, but you very sore. <laughs> yes, then that's the one I want you to use okay. <laughs> because it also it brings your attention to it, which is really important. Right. Because if you don't bring attention, and this is true for acupuncture treatment too, Rainy, if you don't bring attention to the time you're doing the treatment with acupuncture, you're not in that what's called that zone of resilience. Levine's work on the traumatic stress response. Mm -hmm. If you're in a hyper aroused state or parasympathetic collapse, this has to do with the vagus nerve. You're outside of that. You're not going to see any improvement. So someone can go get acupuncture, for example, and be, fall asleep and not pay attention and be checked out. That's a dissociative state. Yeah. Or they can be so hyper aroused that everything hurts. Everything. And it's not comfortable and they're in this sort of like fight or flight stance. The goal is to get a person into that zone of resilience, which is what we all have. But when we've had any type of trauma or I call it tough situations, that zone of resilience gets narrower and narrower. And that a window for zone of resilience gets thinner and thinner. You can expand it again. And so with this, the idea is to get you in there so you're present. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, That makes sense. I want to make a special mention about a guest I had on my show in Season 2, Episode 3, called Healing Traumatic Stress with Modern Science and Ancient Principles of Chinese Medicine. And this was an interview with the author of The Tao of Trauma. Her name is Elaine Duncan, and she's an acupuncturist who blended five elements acupuncture with neuroscience. And that's what I'm basing my recent conversation with Raimi about. I wanted to mention this so that you can discover a little more about why it's so important to integrate these seemingly vastly different types of medicine together and how it can work beautifully. Just have a listen to what she says in this episode three in season two. Traumatic stress is essentially a state where there's profound dysregulation in the body. Often there's both too much arousal and at the same time, recently followed by too much collapse. One will be dominant, but the other will be in the background. And acupuncture becomes this fabulously appropriate approach to helping trauma survivors find regulation and balance, which is mostly what they're craving. And now let's return to the EFT session with Raimi. 
So we'll have these affirmation statements where you're going to recite it three times out loud like you mean it. Did you ever do any theater? I did. Perfect. This is <laughs> but perfect. I was more like the behind the scenes. I do the lighting or the costumes. I yeah, but you know, you know exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. Yes. I want yeah. you to be almost like the worst actor in the world. You get into it like it's almost ham-like, you know, like yeah. you're, you're acting like a ham. So what you'll do is you'll say, even though I have this, whatever problem it may be, and we're going to call the problem an aspect. Okay. An aspect. There are different aspects, like think of it as trees in the forest, and the forest is like a jungle, and you cannot walk through this thing until you take down these trees. They're not real. They're artificial in case you're worried about the environment. They are they are not <laughs> real. <Okay. laughs> but it's a way to understand, you know what I mean? It's a way to yes, understand absolutely. that to clear your mind, to, to clear away the marble, to free the statue, we have to get each of these aspects and not all of them. Let's say you have a hundred things because you're like, oh man, do you, do you even have the time to deal with me? I have a lot of stuff. We all do. Some of us more than others. But through Gary Craig's work early on, there were some phenomenal demonstrations where Vietnam veterans who were in Cambodia, who saw most horrific things in the world, were able to do things again in their lives after treating five of the most significant aspects out of a hundred, because what the big tree does is it knocks the little trees down. Yeah. So you don't have to do this forever. Now there is a persistence. Some people have to tap for these things two to three times a day for a month or three months. The persistence pays off because some people can tap for something and then it, their intensity goes to zero and they never have to tap for that aspect again. Sometimes you have to tap for a situation again, because it's not just one aspect. Usually each aspect, when you take care of it to down to zero, you're done. But like fear of heights is not just a fear of heights. It's a fear of not being sure of your footing the fear of losing control, of being trapped. There's a little claustrophobia there if you're on a plane. There are all these different aspects around a situation because there are many senses. There's not one thing in your environment. There's a lot of things in your environment. I don't want you to be discouraged if you find like I'm tapping and it goes down to zero and then it goes back up. There's other reasons that can stop you and we'll go over that. Mm -hmm. So you'll have this statement that you're going to recite three times and that sore spot, it's called the setup or the karate chop point. And then you're going to do the sequence. This is the tapping. And the way I have it ordered for you is from the original, the way they originally did this, which was really brilliant because it's from top to bottom, it's easier to remember. And it's going to seem like, oh, there's a lot of things to tap. You do this a few times and you're just going to commit it to memory. It will be body memory after that. You'll just know. And it may seem like it may take a long time at first, but actually this takes less than a minute to do. You can do this any time of day. I was doing this running one time <laughs> because the running, because I was, I probably looked crazy, but it's okay. I don't care. I don't care. Um, right. <laughs> and so I was tapping for a running injury while I was running and was experiencing physical relief of the pain and tightness in a tendon because I had a running injury before. And then it got me to tap for other things like that. I was too old to run. I mean, all these other aspects came up. So for one thing that I tap for, I tap for probably eight or 10 things during my run. And now I can run again. And I'm starting to, to, to go back into that kind of exercise that I love so much. We're going to tap these different points. And then we're going to do what's called a nine-step gamut procedure. So there's setup, sequence of tapping, 
and then the gamut. The gamut, the reason why, what does gamut mean? A whole collection of things, right? Yeah, yeah. run the gamut. Nine (laughs) collected things that you're going to have to do. And it literally takes 10 seconds once you're really fast. It's the part in between the two sequences because you're going to do a sequence. It's a sandwich. The bread is the sequence, sequence. And in the middle is this gamut. And the gamut has to do with things that you're going to do with your eyes and with your speech to activate parts of your brain, to call it all together. Because that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to sort of reset the disruption. Things like the right side of the brain would be music, like humming, or the left side of the brain would be counting, which is what you're going to do. And you're going to also use your eyes. You're going to use your eyes, closing them, (laughs) opening them, looking hard down to the right, hard down to the left, eye rolling one way and eye rolling the other way. And that's the whole sequence of the gamut. Right. And I'll just guide you through all this. You don't have to say anything except I want you to focus. So when you're doing the sequence, you're going to have what's called a repeatable phrase. From the affirmation, you're going to take the problem like, see my dad. (laughs) And you're going to say, see my dad, see my dad, see my dad. And it can be one hand or both. It doesn't matter. And then when you're doing the gamut, you're going to focus on seeing your dad. Or if it's an addiction, for example, like coffee, you're going to look at your cup of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) You could start with anything you want. One woman in a case, she had a terrible addiction to cigarettes. But actually, once she brought that down, another aspect came up, which was sexual trauma. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what can happen is sometimes it can bring up something that the other was helping because her smoking was helping to calm her liver, which in the five elements, lung is at the bottom right and the control cycle goes up to the liver and a control cycle calms down what it's controlling. So it was calming the liver by her taking a big drag of that cigarette and then exhaling. Isn't that interesting? I just think that's just that's and that's incredible. Now I think about all the smokers in my family. <laughs> you probably understand why. Yeah. Almost every smoker is not so much addicted to the substance. It only takes a day or so to get over the substance. It's the psychological addiction that keeps people coming back over and over again. That's why addiction is not just a physical addiction. The psychological one is what keeps us going and the cigarettes or some kind of inhalant is the ability to take a deep breath. Yeah. Yeah. They got skills. They just have to reappropriate those skills. So in the very beginning, you want to check the intensity of the problem and write it down. When you journal this week and you start tapping, that's what I would love for you to do. And it could be each aspect. You could label the aspect and then write down like one, check the intensity, write down your affirmation statement and the reminder phrase. So that's the, even though I feel sad when I think about my childhood, I deeply and completely accept myself. That's the statement. And then the reminder phrase is sad about childhood. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That means, okay. And you do your sequence, which is what the setup, the sequence, then the gamut, and then the sequence. That's your sandwich. And then you check your intensity again, and you write that down. What happens if the intensity doesn't go to zero? It sometimes does, but sometimes it goes from an eight to a five. Well, you have a remaining problem. So now the brain, the child does not understand if you say the same thing that you did in the beginning. You have to now say, even though I still have this thing, 
I deeply and completely accept myself. That makes sense. Even, different people even, are going to have that different scale and coming down to zero is going to take everybody a different. Yeah. Yeah. And you, but you have to communicate with that five-year-old kid yeah. <laughs> conscious. Yeah. Even right. though I'm still hungry, you know, not even though I'm hungry because you already tapped for that. I still have this. I deeply and completely accept myself because then again, that's a, a literal understanding of what's happening. You still have the problem. It's a different intensity, but it's not gone. Right. If it's not gone down far enough, your psychological reversal, which the setup takes care of, you know, that you psych, you're self-sabotaging subconsciously with a belief, right? That takes care of that. The other thing there could be is substances that you take in. It could be foods. It's not always the things you think they are like caffeine or alcohol or, you know, it's not always what you think it is. It could be a certain food. If you think about the foods that you tend to crave and eat a lot, you might think about eliminating if this is not effective. I would just first try this because most people are very successful. It also could be a room you're in that's toxic mm -hmm. to you. And I don't mean, again, toxic like the Environmental Protection Ag Agency coming in and saying you need to get rid of this. It's more of what is toxic to you. It could be the association that room has. Well, yeah. The mm -hmm. smell. It could be, it, you could experiment with this. So with rooms, it's easy for you to move to another room and try it. Let's say you're tapping and nothing's going down or it's just coming right back up. It could be either an aspect, another aspect, another tree. It could be the space you're in. You can experiment with that. It could be stuff you're applying on you. So you could try tapping right after you get out of the shower before applying any lotions or anything. When you, you know, we have a lot of stuff that we put on us and take in. That's last resort, but I'm just giving you some ideas. If it's wherever you are, then it's probably something you're ingesting. Okay. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? And yeah. then I would give it a couple of days to be without that, whatever that is. And a lot of times it's usually things like it could be refined sugar. It could be, you know, alcohol is not always the thing. Even yeah. marijuana is not always the thing for some people. But I do, I do point that those can be the most prominent things. It may be what you least expect. Like, I love my, I don't know, carrots I eat. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. But I'd say for now, you don't have to change major things at all. Just try this first, because it, most likely it's an aspect. Because if you start to think of something else when that comes back up, then you're like, oh, I need to get more specific. So sometimes being too generalized can make it not as effective. Whereas, you know, instead of even though I'm angry at my dad, it would be more like, even though I get a pit in my stomach when I see my dad at the door, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have this feeling in my stomach. And then your reminder phrase would be feeling in my stomach and you see him at the door. See what I mean? Like that's, yep. get yep. that tree can knock down another tree. Yeah. The idea is to be persistent, patient, and observant, but most of all kind. It's, yeah, I, I really... It's a great, uh, I'm glad I did EMDR, you know, with some things. I feel like that sort of gave me kind of a baseline to, I've always kind of been looking for something to to do for myself <laughs> without having to go to someone. Without um, having to pay every time to go to do that. And then go through all of these things again and, and start over. Or, yeah, it just was, it's just too, it's the mountain I just didn't want to climb. I yeah. knew there's other stuff. So this is a great tool to have for. It yeah. is because EMDR 
when you're in the session, which by the way, you're paying for every minute of it. Yeah. You, mm -hmm. It has to come up then. If it doesn't, you're like, hmm, what are we doing? Right. You know, and also there's not a lot of continuity with it in terms of they sort of capture this, capture that. This is for you by journaling this. And again, journaling, we're redefining what journaling is for you. <laughs> Let's think of it instead of journaling, journalist, being a journalist for your life. Collecting evidence. I'm collecting exactly. evidence. Exactly. Detective. This is detective. <laughs> exactly. This is true. This is CSI work. Yeah. You're actually trying to collect all the stuff and make sense of it and get a big picture. Big picture is systems work. That's mm -hmm. why I'm applying this to what we do. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's important that we do this training correctly, because I see a lot of people who try EFT, then they give up. It doesn't work. They're not mm -hmm. given the guidance. I'm giving you a systems lattice framework to guide you and to keep you going because this is extremely powerful. You probably will believe this now that I use this to help me be a public speaker. I, I was shy. I wouldn't do this, this, right. even this, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. even do this. <laughs> I was so shy when I was a kid and I would always have palpitations and my heart would race and I couldn't speak in front of people. And now I can speak in front of hundreds of people. And it's not that I don't get a little nervous, but as soon as I step on that stage, I'm much calmer mm -hmm. and gradually it gets better. But it can be pretty fast. Some of these things can be fast, like the way you react to people, the way you react to situations. That's why I'm a fan of self-care tools. <clears throat> I, I love to guide you to teach you to be your own master. Before you go on to listen to the next episode, I want you to understand that EFT is a self-care tool, but the way I am teaching it to Raimi really requires some guidance. So this is not something you should be doing on your own unless you work with a person trained in EFT. And if it has anything to do with trauma, you need to work with someone who is trained and trauma-informed in mental health. This is very vital. What you're about to hear in the next episode is the actual tapping training session with Raimi. This is a narrative that's unfolding. It will make more sense to you to start from the beginning. That way you really understand where she's coming from and the meaning behind this wonderful technique. If you're at that crossroads where you're not sure where to turn, or what direction to take, how much effort to put into something, let's talk. I would love to hear from you. You can reach me through the contact page on thirdopinionmd.org where you can schedule a complimentary consult and we can talk about your situation and see if this is the right time for you to start working on your own health strategy. Help me share this. Sign up for the newsletter. You can do that on the website at thirdopinionmd.org forward slash newsletter. Third Opinion MD podcast is produced by me, Barbara Dillatore. Music is licensed through Audio Jungle. Any comments made by the host or guest on Third Opinion MD reflect opinions about healthcare and self-care. Please consult with your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. Thank you for listening.